Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now here's Connie. Hypnosis. Professionals claim that it can help with all sorts of issues like anxiety, depression, weight loss, smoking, sports performance, and a whole host of other things. But I can be a skeptic, and so I need to know what is really going on in a hypnotherapy session and how it can be that dropping into deeper levels of our consciousness can heal us and make lasting and permanent changes and fast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman, and I'm here today with Dr. Mary Sidwani. She's a hypnotherapist, and she's been in private practice since 2000. She's also an RN, and she's certified in clinical hypnosis and cancer support. Her educational background includes a bachelor's in behavioral science, a master's in clinical clinical hypnotherapy, and a doctorate in counseling psychology and psychotherapy. She's also a professional speaker who's presented at NASA to those rocket scientists, as well as other institutions. And she's a contributing author in the Heart to Heart, The Path to Wellness book. And she's created her own CD series. So we'll have to check that out. Recognize the Truth Within. She runs the Women's Therapeutic Center, where she works with women, adolescents, and children to overcome issues such as as I mentioned, generalized anxiety, fears, panic, depression, chronic illness, cancer diagnosis. Gosh, Mary, you work on so many things. Hi, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's it's such a great subject, hypnosis. I mean, getting to the unconscious mind, isn't that what we all want to do? Because the unconscious really uh, is kind of the thing that makes us do the things that we do, right? That's Explain. exactly right. Yeah, tell, tell us all about it. So so we have, I think of it as three levels of the mind, mm-hmm. um, conscious mind, unconscious mind, and spirit consciousness. So with hypnosis, we are accessing the unconscious mind because the unconscious mind is 90% more powerful than the conscious mind. The conscious mind is only 10% of our power. So the conscious mind would be our logic, reasoning, intellect, judgment, or everyday thoughts. Mm -hmm. The unconscious mind is like our uh, search engine. It's our database. Mm -hmm. It is a repository of everything that's ever happened to us from the time we first came to existence. Mm -hmm. So it's all of our fears, traumas, imprints, impressions, thoughts, ideas, beliefs. It all exists within the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And... What's really um, to me fascinating is that we are operating as almost like a computer program that's continuously running on this unconscious level, and we're operating from this computer program. And uh, and that's fine if we don't have any issues that are interfering with the quality of our life. Right. But if there are things that are coming up for someone like excessive anger, depression, anxiety, phobias, trauma, I work a lot with women who had been um, had experienced abuse in childhood. Okay. It's um, really important to access that unconscious mind and get it to explore and assess and evaluate what's going on and through different techniques that I use, 
we release and then transform it. Hmm. So, so interesting. And I want to talk later about the spirit consciousness, but I think that might have to be a whole nother podcast because <laughs> yes, I'm be. so interested in that. But for this podcast, let's talk about how hypnotherapy can really help us access the unconscious mind and change some of these patterns that have, that can be roadblocks to our success and our happiness and our joy. And, yeah. um, what is hypnotherapy and how does it work to access the, the unconscious mind? Okay, so even though it might not seem it, but it's a very complex subject. So I'd say simply put, hypnosis is, it's a very powerful, yet a very subtle tool. And it works through um, accessing that unconscious mind and we achieve, that's happens, it happens through re achieving a very relaxed state. So in hypnosis, it's a very relaxed state of mind, but also a very focused state of mind. And what has happening is that the critical factor of the mind, which is the conscious mind, is being bypassed. And the conscious mind is still present, but the unconscious mind can come forward more and can receive healing suggestions. Hmm. Interesting. How how does this state of this hypnotic state differ from, say, meditation? Yeah, that's a very good question. So I believe the difference is that, well, let's say the similarity is that we we go into alpha brainwave activity okay. with meditation, deep prayer, or hypnosis, and this has all been proven by various uh, research. Um, and when we're in alpha state, right now we're in beta, like B E T A state, more of our awakening state. Alpha state, the brain wave slows, the body processes slow down, and the mind is receptive to receiving suggestions, healing suggestions. So the difference between hypnosis and meditation is that with hypnosis, there's a goal attached. Oh. Where in meditation, we take ourselves into this same very relaxed alpha state, but we're not are we're not focused on achieving any goal other than I guess I'll use the term Zen, like just being very our minds very clear, uh -huh. um, very calm. And with hypnosis, we're achieving that same alpha state, brainwave activity, however there's a goal attached. So whether someone's doing self hypnosis, whether someone is uh, with a facilitator uh, practitioner facilitating hypnosis, there's a goal attached. So someone is focusing on bringing in calmness or peace or health. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a goal attached to that. Okay. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Why don't we talk about some of the myths? Cause, because when I think <laughs> about um, hypnosis, we can talk about what hypnosis isn't, I should say. When I think about hypnosis, I think about in college, uh, we had a uh, one of those hypno, hyp, yes. hypnotist yes. acts yeah, come call, to college and uh -huh. supposedly they made people cluck like chickens. Yes. And I never believed that was real. <laughs> and it was so silly. But talk about what hypnosis is not okay. before we get a little bit deeper. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> whenever I speak or have a class or the first time I see a client, that's the first thing I do is I, I do my very best to dispel any fears, myths, sure. or misconceptions surrounding hypnosis. Um, so when we think about hypnosis, I think most of us think of it as something supernatural or mystical or magical or a stage hypnotist making someone cluck like a chicken or right. doing weird things. Um, and so when we were in grad school, we said to our uh, professor, who was Dr. Winkler, was my main professor at, in this program, 
And we said, well, you know, you're saying everybody's in control. We're always, the person's always in control in their hypnosis. No one can control you. But then why have all of us seen this, either in stage or in a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. or something? And he said, because those folks that go along with these suggestions, they're not adverse to it. He said, their minds were like, okay, I'll do that. But like those of us, others of us would say, no, I, I resist that. I'm not going to go along with that suggestion. Okay. So he said, what the stage hypnotist, we call them lay hypnotists, are very adroit at, or very expert at, is looking in the audience. They do a lot of group things first. Mm. And they can see who is very suggestible. And they bring them up okay. on the stage. And I have a quick anecdote about that. Um, when I was doing those, I uh, was asked to do presentations at NASA several years ago. Um, I only see women. And an associate of mine contacted me and she said, oh, there was a gentleman who heard you speak. He has an issue. Would you be willing to see him? And she says, he's a good guy. And all that. I said, oh, sure, of course. So he came and he's literally a rocket scientist. Okay. okay. So, and the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because um, he was very right brain. So he kept trying, I mean, I'm so sorry. I mean, very left brain. Right. So he kept sure. trying to like stay one step ahead of me. And he was a very lovely man. Like, he wasn't trying to do it to throw me off or anything, but he kept trying to think, like, what are you, what's she going to say next? And, and I'm going through all my, my little spiel about mis- misconceptions of fears. And, and I said, is there any questions? He's like, no, no, I got it. So I would guide him into hypnosis, and he would be there. And all of a sudden, his head would pop up, his eyes would open, and he'd say, I lost you. And I said, yes, exactly. That's what we want. We're, we're... <laughs> he couldn't let go. Exactly. He couldn't let go of control. Exactly. So I kept saying again, I said, you know, is there anything else you want to ask me? You know, and I said, look, see, you are in control because you opened your eyes and came out of it. You can come out of this anytime you want to. Okay. So that proves to you, right, that, you know, you're in control. So he just kept doing this throughout this first session. So the second session he comes and he stays a tad longer in hypnosis, and he brings himself out again, and he says, I lost you. And I'm like, okay, that's what we want, and I'm explaining this again. <laughs> so the third, yeah, the third time um, he comes, I have a home office, so I open my front door, and he says, Mary, you were right. And I said, oh, great, I'm not right about that many things. Like, what, <laughs> what was I right about? And he said, you were right, I'm always in control. And I, he said, I went to Las Vegas and with my wife and daughter, and my wife and I went up on the stage with this hypnotist and my daughter's videotaping. And all of a sudden, he said, this gentleman is giving us instructions. And all of a sudden, I hear him tapping on the shoulder. He told me to leave the stage because I was not cooperating <laughs> with, the, with the little program that was going on. And so he said, I, from that point, he said, I know for sure, even though you kept telling me that and I trust you, I, that convinced me that <laughs> I'm in control. And I said, That's oh, so funny. Great. <laughs> He had to get up on stage exactly. too. I mean, what is that? Like people come to you for a specific reason and then they just can't let go. Exactly. I, I kind exactly. of feel like I would be like that a little bit because I, I like to be in control. Sure, and we all do. Yeah. But but you have such a calm voice and your oh, I, your you. CDs are so beautiful. You guys have to listen to her uh, hypnosis CDs, not while you're driving. But <laughs> but they're they're Thank just so calm, calming and and wonderful. So I don't know why anyone wouldn't relax and let go in your I presence. Appreciate that. Let's talk about what hypnosis can help with. What is what has it uh, historically been really successful in helping people? Uh, what goals has it been successful in helping people achieve? Okay, so I don't want to say it's a panacea for everything. Sure, <laughs> but. Sure. 
it's through my experience, um, which I cannot believe it's been 15 years now, mm. uh, through my experience and research I've done, hypnosis, if we tap into the unconscious mind, we really can overcome any obstacle, any issue. From my experience, I found it to be especially helpful with anxiety, depression, and phobias, and also childhood traumas, um, and any kind of PTSD, post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can help really any issue as long as the person is ready to release it. Okay. You know, okay. so again, because we're always in control. Exactly. So like anything else, once you're ready, exactly. you can really, really dig in. and Exactly. I read somewhere, and this is this was really interesting to me, and I just wanted your comments on it, that 1,000 affirmations equals one suggestion in hypnotherapy. Wow. Have you ever heard that before? No, I have not. I, I mean, affirmations can be powerful, but um, I thought that was a really strong statement. So maybe mm-hmm. you could just comment mm-hmm. on that. Okay. So the mind learns your repetition, and it learns anything with the repetition, whether it's learning math, a foreign language, uh, learning a new way of being through hypnosis, learning how to let go of anxiety or stress or phobias. The mind, it doesn't uh, specialize in that. <laughs> Whatever, we're, it learns everything through repetition. Um, and so that would make sense to me. The only caveat I would say, just through my experience, is that if there is a really deep block, mm-hmm. like if someone is saying, for instance, um, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant. They're saying that a thousand times. Yes, through repetition, that could work unless there's a deep block to being abundant. Like there's something that makes them feel at a very deep unconscious level that they're like afraid of success or they don't feel deserving of success, don't feel worthy of it, which always breaks my heart when, <laughs> when that's mm, an issue. Sure. So unless there's a, a really deep block, I think that could be very beneficial. Okay. Is there anything that maybe would prevent you from working with a patient who, um, is there anything that it might be harmful to go digging for or uncover Mm -hmm. in the unconscious? Are there, because our shadows are in there, right? Our childhood memories that we may have um, put aside because they were too painful. Um, Are there occasions when you might say, you know, we, we can let that be? And these questions are so great. Okay. <laughs> so in my experience, throughout, my, throughout the years I've been doing this, I have not come across that. Um, I have had the privilege and honor of working with women who were in severe trauma. Mm-hmm. And so my approach is very, very gentle approach. And this is why I think it's very important to find a hypnotherapist who, who is a licensed professional mm-hmm. because I had a lot of training in grad school on how to deal with what we call abreaction. So when someone has traumatic memories, it's important to be with somebody who would know how to handle that. And so it's sort of like a dance. And so when I take them into hypnosis and I can see that they're abreacting, which means that they must start breathing really rapidly, mm-hmm. they might start sobbing, they actually will, tears will come, they're, they're grimacing, I can see that they're uncomfortable, I will then stop at that point and t- we go to a safe place. And so I go through 
at our sessions, we keep going through, I guess I would call it circle, it's called circle therapy or desensitization, where I take them a little bit tiny bit further each time into these mm -hmm. memories. And, and I always am asking the unconscious mind if it's safe for us to go a little bit further. Okay. And so we will always eventually get there. <laughs> and as long as the client is willing, because it's always up to the client how far they want to go. Sure. But yes, it's like very important to have someone who's been really trained in this. Okay. You know, because we want to, I always, we want to make sure that the person feels safe and we're not digging too deep too fast. Okay. Yeah. But it is a process and it takes oh, time, yes. even though we said, you know, that, yeah. that quote that, that I read, that yes. a thousand affirmations equals one, and it is a faster process to, to get to the unconscious mind. Yes. Yes. It still takes time to oh, work yes. with patients. Yes. So if you had someone say, using the example of smoking cessation, for yeah. example, so many people want to quit smoking. It's so hard. Oh, yeah. If somebody comes to you, how long, I mean, is there a normal amount of time? How many sessions would it take for someone to start getting on that path and really feel confident that they've kicked the habit? I'd say for, for me, through my experience, usually it's four to six sessions. Oh, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. As long as someone is really ready. Right. right. You know, if they're ready. Um, and I'm thinking of uh, just one little uh, comment I want to make. Um, if someone calls me or emails me and says, I'm ready, my doctor wants me to, or my children want me to, I always say to them, you know, if the motivation, I'd be honored to work with you, but the motivation needs to come from you. So do you want to, mm. you know? So as long as the motivation is coming from them and not because of like outside um, external forces, like for example, I had someone email me once and she said, I can't be around my grandchildren unless I stop smoking. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, you know, understand that. And I said, but do you want to stop smoking? I know that your daughter wants you to, but and she's like, and she had to think about it and she said yeah I'm ready to do this so I said as long as you have the motivation then we can do it as long as it's coming from you I can't give you that motivation I can only enhance the motivation sure sure you know? and when they come to you how long do you think it takes for them to to relax into the process I mean is it usually on the first in the first time. I mean, I'm a meditator, so I kind of feel like I'd be pretty relaxed pretty easily, yes. but that letting go of control is still a challenge. So, yeah. So that, that was a great comment. So I do see absolutely if someone does meditation on a regular basis, they let go much more quickly mm -hmm. because again, the line, mind learns through repetition. So the mind has already learned how to go into that very relaxed state. Okay. Okay. So, um, so I'd say that for most people, we always get there. But most of the time, that very first session, they go into a very light state. So if it's okay for me to quickly explain about the different levels. Yes, I was going to go there. So okay. yeah, oh, let's great. go there. And, <laughs> and if I just nod off, just don't mind me. Just go go without me. <laughs> okay. So so the first level of hypnosis is a, it's just what we refer to as a very light state. So the person is very relaxed. And physically, what usually someone feels through any of these levels is you feel heavy. There's a heaviness, like a comfortable heaviness, like as if you couldn't lift an arm or a leg. And many times people that come out of hypnosis, the first thing they'll say to me is, Mary, I, if you would have asked me to move, like I wouldn't have been able to do it. And it's, they say it's almost like if you're falling asleep at night. Mm -hmm. um, it's just this very comfortable heaviness. A minority of people will feel light as if they're floating. 
and they will say to me when they come out, Mary, I wanted to say, Mary, I'm floating in your chair. But then a part of me was like, no, I'm not floating in your chair. So we call that translogic because what's happening is we're bypassing the conscious mind, the critical factor of the mind. However, it's still present and aware. It's just kind of moved back and the unconscious minds come forward. So the conscious mind, we have like two different levels of the mind talking to each other. So the conscious mind is saying, well, of course you're not floating in that chair. <laughs> um, and so, and other people don't experience heaviness or lightness. They just have a soothing drowsy. It's just emanating from the top of the head to the bottom of their feet, just moving through them. So in the light state, a person will say, they'll tell me, I've heard every word you said, but yet I knew that I was in another place because I knew I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't move. I just know that I was there. In the medium state, which is the state I went into a lot in graduate school, because I was, I was hypnotized many, many times in grad sure. school, um, which made me a believer in hypnosis, because to help me transform my life, um, people drift in and out of it. So they'll hear me, lose me, hear me, lose me. But I would say it doesn't matter, because I'm not talking to the conscious mind anyway, I'm talking to the unconscious mind. And uh, then the, the very deep state, which is called a somniambulitic state, the person at some wow. point... Can you say that one more time? Oh, yes. <laughs> a somniambulitic state. Wow. Yeah. 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 See, I made you say it. And you, you, I, that's, that's great. That just rolled right off your tongue. I was like, yeah. Oh, Bet you can't you. say that again. I don't think I could. <laughs> so anyway, talk about that, that state. Okay. So that, yeah, thank you. So that state, oh, that really deep state, um, it's... Uh, someone at some point, and I, it's amazing because it reminds me of also when I was a nurse for many years, I could walk into a patient's room and just at, at some point go, okay, they look better. They don't look, they look a little bit different today <laughs> or their breathing look seems a little changed to me. I, you kind of pick up on these subtleties. Okay. So it's the same when I'm a hypnotherapist, I can just see when they are gone, like all of a sudden they're gone and they're, they're just, I'll count them out. I count, I count everyone out at the end from one to five. And they'll say to me, the folks that go in this very deep state, they'll say, Mary, I just completely lost you. I have no idea what was happening until I heard you say, I'm going to count you out. And the other thing that I think is so interesting is um, there's time distortion with hypnosis mm. because the unconscious mind does not understand the time. Mm. It, does, mm. it doesn't, it's not in the realm of time. I find that with meditation. Yes, same yeah. thing. Yeah. We're in that alpha state. Okay. So... Where there is no time, which is that's why it's so relaxing. Yeah. Because we're in this lovely space of, um, we're not aware of the time. We're just in the now. We're in the present moment. Oh, it's so fascinating. Yeah. This this mind is just so fascinating. Okay, so you take your patients through these levels to the deepest level, and then you bring them back. And what do they report when upon awakening? What what is your I mean, is there a typical response from the patients? Well, usually a very typical response, especially the first time, is they'll say, Mary, this is the most relaxed I've ever been without taking a drug or having a drink or mm. something like that. Wow. So usually that's the very first thing they'll say to me. It's just so relaxing. Um, and, and they'll say, I felt really safe. Mm -hmm. um, one time I had a, a client, and she had three children under the age of five. Mm. And I love I love children, and I have two of my own. And but I understand. I remember those days when they were much younger, mm -hmm. <laughs> and how busy it is, and so on. So as I was counting out from one to five, she said to me, um, while she was doing hypnosis, and when someone speaks to me in hypnosis, it's a very 
almost as if someone would speak to you if they were still asleep. It's a very like sluggish kind of voice, a very lethargic, like a thick kind of a voice. So she said, like drunk. Yeah, <laughs> sounds a little drunk. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And she said something, and I said, oh, "I'm sorry, what was that?" And she said, "I don't want to come out of it." I don't want to come out of it. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Yeah, when my kids were little, I could see. Yeah, yes, just yes, yes. And I can relate too. Yes, warm with my and children. cozy. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, okay. I said, "Well, let's just let's just stay in this lovely space of." of knowing and being in this relaxed, safe space, your safe sanctuary. Let's just stay there for a few more moments. And I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, I don't know where she needs to be. I can't, you know, her mother, her <laughs> husband might be banging on my front yeah. door. <laughs> so I waited a few moments, and then I started counting her out. And I said, you go to this place anytime you want. I'm giving you a CD to take mm -hmm. home with you. And, and when she comes out of it, alerts, she said, did I say I didn't want to come out of it? I just think that. And I said, well, you said it, but that's just fine. <laughs> no judgment from me ever. Oh, know? that's so funny. I have two things I want to remember to ask you. And sure. the first one is you mentioned when people go into the state where they are sort of so out of it um, that they they don't recall yeah. hearing your voice. Yes. But I believe I've heard you say that, that's, that the unconscious mind is continuing to oh, do its job absolutely. at that point. So talk about that just a minute. How does that work? Okay. So when someone goes away that deeply, that's the conscious mind going away. But oh. the unconscious mind... Which is what we want, exactly, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Exactly. It's exactly... We want to bypass the critical factor of the conscious mind. That's how hypnosis works. That's the main way it works. So when they're really deep like that, their conscious mind is, is just away. And I'm still communicating with the unconscious mind. And so what I do, some hypnotherapists will ask a client to speak... But I'm very, very client-centered. So my internships, uh, which I did for about a year after, before I started my practice, a year and a half, um, I would ask my clients to speak, you know, to ask them, are you releasing this? Are you there? What's happening? You know, when I would do regressions with them, back to the initial cause, the original cause, sure. or whatever issue they were coming to see me for. And they would say to me later many times, I didn't like it when you asked me to speak because I was in this really lovely place and they had to kind of come up mm -hmm. to speak. So I asked my professor and he said, oh, you can use um, idiomotor response, which is finger response. So I've been doing that for 15 years. And what, what that is, is like one finger lifts for yes, one lifts for no and oh, and one lifts for I don't know. Hmm. Or I don't want to answer. So it's less effort than exactly. having to speak. Yeah. And then they can stay in that really deep state. And I'm not, I f not, I'm not disturbing them. And also I'm very, um, I guess being a nurse so many years as well, I'm very, very much about protecting my clients' confidentiality. And I thought they might not want me to know. I don't have to know mm -hmm. what's exactly going on. I just need to know that it's being released. Okay. Yes or no. <laughs> so... Um, when they're in that really deep state, they're still communicating with me. Okay. So when you're asking the unconscious a question it, it, in your mind and that your client raises a finger yes. for yes or no, yes. you're asking that unconscious from your unconscious, is that your, or your conscious mind, asking them a question and they're, and you're saying, is this, is this, uh, issue ready to be released or? Exactly. Or, yeah. So I, yeah, interesting. It, it, it's it's, <laughs> it's funny. I was just saying to a client yesterday. She was uh, something had very profound had happened for her, which I always feel again very honored to be a part of. And I said, "Do you sure? I think you're more excited than I am." <laughs> <laughs> I 
when I said, it's been 15 years, but it never becomes old hat to me. Yeah. Like, it's always like a miracle to me. It's think, so remarkable. It's yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. So yes, I, I just am speaking to the unconscious mind. And I'm talking with the third person and I say, I am talking to the third person. I said, is it okay for her to let this go? And even if the, if the unconscious said no, that's still like, okay, because that's information mm-hmm. for me. There's sure. resistance there. Okay. So I'll say, okay, let's go back to an earlier time where something happened that's still preventing you from letting go of this. And I think what's also really important is to let the unconscious know that I want her her, that client, to keep all the wisdoms, all the learning, all the protection, all the discernment, whatever she needed to get. Because no matter how unpleasant something's been, it's always been teaching us something. Mm -hmm. No matter how traumatic something's been, it's always been teaching us something. So I always stress, like, I want her to keep whatever she needs to keep that's beneficial, but let the toxicity go. Mm. Just let what's keeping her stuff go. So she, because she deserves to be free. Yeah. Almost like I see it like cutting cords on a marionette. Oh. Like she's not, they're not triggered anymore. Sure. You know, they're not being pulled by the unconscious mind anymore. Wow. That's yeah. a, it is miraculous when you, when you oh, put it that way. You. I love the story you told me earlier about your CD engineer. You, you <laughs> mentioned your CDs, how your clients work with you for yes. a while. And then you, I mean, maybe they don't need to see you on such yes. a regular basis. And exactly. you send them home with your CDs, which can be found on your website. We'll give that information later. Oh, and yeah, I was just listening and they're just so, oh my gosh, just so relaxing. Everyone should have those CDs. So yeah, it's funny you're telling me about how when you're recording yes. your CDs, Tell yes. that tell that story just so everybody can get a, a sense of what your how magical your work is. <laughs> so, so this wonderful gentleman, of course, you know, as with most people, he didn't know anything about hypnosis. So I gave a I guess I'd say a thumbnail sketch about what hypnosis is and what I needed him to help me with. And I said I'm going to record. It was a six CD um, set, and he said, "Well, let's just run through them all at one time." And so let's, let's, let's just do this all at one time. We can, we can do it in one evening. So I said, okay, it's up to you, whatever, you know, you want to do. And so as I'm, I'm going, so I'm doing the first recording and, you know, he seems fine. And I'm doing the second recording. And in the midst of the second recording, I happen to look over and I see his head is down on his <laughs> console. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And... Um, so I, as we talked about conscious mind, unconscious mind, spirit consciousness, um, I moved into my spirit consciousness and I asked spirit, what do you want me to do? Like, do I stop talking? What, and they, and I just got the message, just keep talking. When you count out at the end of your CD, he'll come out of it, (laughs) you know? So I just kept doing that. And when I got to five, he just lifted his head up. And he said, did I go out? And I said, yeah, you did. <laughs> and I said, do you want me to continue doing this? You need a break? He said, I think I need some coffee. <laughs> and I was like, so what we decided to do, he said, because the progressive relaxation, which we called induction, was the same for each of the healing CDs. So what we decided to do was just, um, I'm, I'm not a recording engineer, so I guess we're to splice. Or, yeah, sort yeah. of, yeah, just yeah, you yeah. don't have to record it exactly. over and over again so that he can just edit it together. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. then we just went right to the healing suggestions and oh. I, I didn't have to keep taking him into this progressive relaxation. Well, that, that was a really good sign that these CDs are going to work for oh, a lot of people. One last question I want to ask before we give all your, your contact information is, Talk about how 
this study of hypnosis has changed your life because you were a nurse and yes. now you're this you you are obviously if you guys could see her face when she talks about it she <sighs> just lights up she's so passionate about this talk about uh how it has changed your life okay um i really appreciate the opportunity to share that experience and so um well i guess i'll start here i was a nurse for about 13 years um I worked for five years at a home for abused children, and then I worked for eight years um, for a facility uh, that we helped developmentally disabled adults. I loved both of these jobs and positions, except they were very, very intense and very, very stressful. And they were both nonprofit, so I had to wear many hats, and I had to carry a beeper a lot during these 13 years, work a lot on the weekends, a lot on holidays. And so I started feeling myself becoming more and more anxious and more and more stressed. But I think like many women, I thought, oh, that I don't want to, I don't want to show that. Mm, so mm -hmm. I kept hiding, oh, it's all good. It's my son, it's my son would say, it's all good. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I can handle it. And I was not sleeping well at night. I was having headaches, um, so on. So after about 13 years, though I loved nursing, I had witnessed so much trauma. I felt really drawn into the world of mental health. And I thought, I really want to hear the inner bruises. I want to heal the inner bruises. I want to help people move through trauma at a much deeper level. And so when I went to graduate school, I went on the intention of becoming a traditional psychotherapist in the graduate program. And I started taking electives in hypnosis because I thought it was just cool. I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll take some electives in hypnotherapy. And when I did that, we were guided into hypnosis. And as I was getting into hypnosis, more and more and more, I was starting to feel more and more calm, more peaceful. I also started transforming some childhood issues. I, I believe that all of us have some kind of childhood oh, of issues. Of course, of course. And uh, But I didn't think they were really disturbing me that much, mm. but I found out they really had been working on an unconscious level. So it started really transforming my life, um, where I felt more and more confident, I felt more peaceful, I felt more calm, I felt more on path, more on purpose. I started receiving more messages from spirit. I felt really connected to spirit um, as I kept connecting to the spirit consciousness because unconscious mind is the bridge between conscious mind and spirit consciousness. Mm. So the more we keep going to the unconscious mind, the more we keep accessing this deeper level of the mind. I want to do a podcast about spirit consciousness. Yeah. I, I want that connection. That. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could tell us all where we could find uh, more information about finding a good licensed therapist for hypnotherapy if they're not in the Baltimore, Washington area. I mean, of course, they could work with you and your CDs from oh, your website. But that. but if someone is, is outside of the D.C., mm -hmm, Baltimore area, mm -hmm. where would uh, somebody find credentialed? professionals well, well i think i think a great resource and actually this was on oprah as well mm. um is uh it's called ash a s c h dot net ash dot okay. net it stands for the american society of clinical hypnosis okay. um i belong to that it's um you need to be a licensed professional to belong to it okay and so everyone's a licensed professional um we all have had many tr much much training in hypnosis we all specialize in that. So if you go to ash.net, you can you just will type in wherever the locale is you are, and then popping up will be 
these hypnotherapists, therapist hypnotherapists that are in your area. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always important to yeah, find yes. those credentialed people yeah. because mm-hmm. you don't want to work with, especially um, on something like this. That's, yes. That's exactly. so personal. And Absolutely. So for more information about working with Dr. Mary Sidwani, uh, you can find her on her website, which is Mary. Oh, Mary at womenstherapeutic.com is my email. And my website is womenstherapeutic.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm, I, I didn't nod off, but I, I am very peaceful just sitting here with you. So thank you so much for just enlightening us with this conversation about hypnosis. I'm, I'm so excited to uh, learn more, and, and I want to do another one. Will you do another one about spirit consciousness? Because I think that's, that's such a great subject. Happy, A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy, in paperback, Kindle and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.